Welcome to Talks at Advent, homilies and reflections given at the Church of the Advent, a Western Rite Orthodox mission in Atlanta, Georgia. Today's speaker is Stephen Brannan. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, God is one. Amen. Amen. So this is sort of a monumental Sunday. It's the last Sunday in this space in which we have been for eight plus years. The uh, amount of things that have happened here, the story arc of this church has been um, what no one would have guessed probably, but throughout the beginning, middle and end, I've, I've had assurance that God has been with us, working in our midst. Lives have clearly been changed uh, through the work of God in this church. We can't take any credit, so I won't say the work of this church. Um, everything that we've done as a congregation here, as members, and, uh, it's been to the credit and glory of God. And so I think we should rightly give thanks to God for this space and everything that's happened here. Um, there, there are memories and lasting impressions that will go with people throughout the rest of their lives. And these have been uh, a value that we probably can't calculate on this side of the second coming. So thank you, Lord, for this place. In today's gospel, Jesus is walking around in the midst of people with crowds around him, as was usual by this point. Um, by the end of this gospel lesson, we hear that the fame of him spread even farther because of the miracles that he was accomplishing. So this is sort of peak ministry time for Jesus. His, his fame is spreading, and um, we know ultimately what that would lead to um, as the crowds would abandon him and he would be left uh, without anyone except those very closest and dearest to him. But right now, as happens sometimes, people are interested because there's a flourishing ministry and people are drawn and attracted to things that seem to be working. It's human nature. And so uh, as Jesus is walking, there's one of this crowd, a woman who also has heard of the things that he's been able to do and decides, I'm going to go to him to be healed. This woman had an issue of blood. She um, was, was hemorrhaging or had some kind of thing that made her bleed. And she'd been suffering for 12 whole years because of this. Um, in the Gospel of Luke, who is a physician, he fills out some more details for us in this story. He says that she had actually spent all of her money on physicians trying to figure out how to get healed um, and to no avail. Now, in the Old Covenant, this issue of blood would have made this woman not able to go to the temple um, to offer sacrifices, to participate in the communal life of her own people. She would have been unclean. It meant that people couldn't touch her or else they would have been unclean. And so this issue not only affected her physically and emotionally, 
um, and, and with all the problems that come with having an ongoing medical issue, but it also affected her socially. Twelve whole years, she couldn't touch someone without making them ritually unclean. The stigma that has to come with that. She was desperate for healing at this point. Enter Jesus, who has a reputation. She thinks to herself, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, this rabbi whose um, rabbi status is shown in the things that he wears and the, uh, the you know, tassels coming from his garment. This is, this is clearly a man with authority and clearly a man with power. And if I can just touch that, if I can just make contact with the thing that proves this man is an authority, this man is a healer, this man is a miracle worker, then I can be healed. This is her thinking. Was she justified in this thinking? According to the theology of uh, the rabbis and teachers at this time? Or was this almost bordering on a superstition? Or was this just sheer last hope type thinking? Whatever it was, it worked. She approaches Jesus in a crowd, presumably bumping into other people as she gets closer to him, making someone here unclean and here unclean, with or without them knowing she's desperate to get to Jesus. And finally, she reaches out and touches the hem of his garment like she meant to do. In Matthew, it just says that Jesus turns around and sees her and says, your faith has made you whole. Again, Luke, I think more interested in the details of a medical healing like this, says that when she touched him, Jesus stopped and said, who touched me? And his disciples, Peter, said, uh, Lord, everyone is touching you. There's a huge crowd here. He said, no, I felt power go out of me. Fascinating. <laughs> is that how it works? What a strange detail. We're not explained how this works. We're just told Jesus felt power go out of him. And Luke tells us that the woman, realizing that she can't get out of this situation, finally sheepishly approaches and says, it was, it was me, Lord, I, I, I did that. And he says, be at peace, your faith has made you well. This story is so amazing and uplifting because of what it communicates to us. There was an old system that wasn't able to help this woman. She couldn't go to the temple. But as Christians, we know in this story, the new temple, the true temple, is actually walking toward her. The temple is coming to her when she couldn't go to it. Last uh, night at Evensong, our um, epistle reading was talking about the new order of Melchizedek. This is not the old priesthood, the uh, Aaronic or the Levites. This is Melchizedek. He who had no beginning or new end, he whose lineage isn't of the temple lineage established in Exodus. This is a different kind of priesthood, and Christ is the new priest in that order. He's not of uh, the Aaronic or Levitical lineage. He came from the tribe of Judah. That's the wrong one. So how could he be a priest? It's because he's in this new order. So the old temple and the old priesthood couldn't do anything for her. So here comes the new temple, the new priesthood. And she goes and encounters this. This is 
a liturgical action. She approaches, she reaches, and touches. These are things that we do in the liturgy. This is a very incarnated, well, it's an incarnated problem, and she had an incarnated solution. She went and did this liturgical action. But then, what happens? She doesn't just walk away after doing a thing. That's not how liturgical action or sacraments work. She did a thing, and then she had an encounter. There's always a personal encounter with Christ in these stories. Everything that we do in the liturgy, all of our sacraments, are things that we do as human beings because we're embodied, but they are also true encounters with Christ. She wasn't able to get away. Christ caught her before she could sneak off, healed, and said, who am I having this encounter with? She said, it's me. And Christ in all of his mercy said, be at peace, your faith has made you well. This is what we do when we show up to church. This is what we've been learning to do over the course of these eight years in this building, learning to live a sacramental life, a liturgical life, where we take action. We, we don't just sit at home and hope that we encounter Jesus. We approach him, we go to him, we do things to touch his garments, to touch and encounter him. But then we also have the personal relationship that is built at the same time. Sometimes Christians try to do one or the other and isolate the two from each other. Sometimes people want to have an encounter with Christ without demonstrating their faith by crawling on their knees and touching the hem of his garment. Well, he, he wants us to take that kind of an action. Sometimes people are willing to crawl on their knees, but the second Jesus turns around to look at them, they don't want any part of it. They don't want to actually encounter Christ. That personal encounter can be traumatic sometimes. In the story, there's a hint that the woman didn't feel like that's what she actually wanted. She, she wanted to be healed, but she wasn't quite prepared for that encounter. But it happened anyway. And when it happened, thank God, it was full of grace and mercy. That's always what we're going to find. Whatever we're bringing to Christ as we crawl on the ground to meet the hem of his garment, whatever is keeping us from lifting our head to look at his face, the moment we actually do, we'll find nothing but love and mercy and forgiveness. That's the Christ to whom we approach. That's the God that we worship. So as we turn a new page in the life of this church uh, this coming week, uh, we will continue on that path, learning how better to approach Christ, learning how better to in humility, approach him on our knees and reach out in humility only to touch the hem of his garment and to learn over and over again as we do that, that he meets us not just with uh, the edge of himself, but with all of himself. He gives us his whole self and we encounter him chiefly in the Eucharist when he and us are fully united. So be in prayer this week that we um, will continue living that life in the new space. Be in prayer that the Lord will um, help us in this new chapter of our life. And be in prayer that in all that we do, we may glorify him and help others around us as we do so. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, God is one. Amen. Talks at Advent homilies and reflections given at the Church of the Advent 
a Western Rite Orthodox mission in Atlanta, Georgia. 